0: Hey, podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. Friends, grace and peace to you in the name of the living God. Amen. Amen. At the end of the workday, I have five different ways I drive home from the Senate office. I choose one or the other based on the weather, the traffic on 94, the schedule of the freight trains, (laughs) or just a desire to ramble a bit at the end of the day. And on one of those routes, a new billboard appeared not long ago. It pictures a mother Holding a child in her lap. And in large letters across the top, it reads, God finds a way. No, it actually reads, good finds a way. But both times I've seen it, I've been surprised by my own misreading. It advertises a nonprofit doing global relief work with children. God finds a way, good finds a way. Friends, there are lots of surprises in all the lessons for this Easter season. Today in this book of, from uh, the book of Acts, Paul is a holy man on a mission, we might say on a terror. Headed straight for Damascus. He is singular in his focus to go and to shut down, to quell that emergent community of those who have come to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He knows exactly what he needs to do. And then, bam, the living God has chosen him for a very different kind of mission. Paul's sight opens up in a new way. He's baptized. And to everyone's surprise, perhaps most of all to Paul, he's given a brand new purpose as Jesus' chief messenger, defender, and ambassador to the ends of the earth. Then, the gospel lesson from John is filled with even more surprises. Seven of the disciples, have gone back to their old lives, have gone back to fishing, and one night they're out in the boat on the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of Galilee. Before dawn, they will see the risen Christ. Though John says it was the third appearance, it's in fact the fourth time Jesus has appeared after he was raised from the dead in John's Gospel account. There were those two recent visitations we've heard about on Sundays when Jesus appeared in a closed room on the first Easter evening, and then a whole week later when dear Thomas was finally present and Jesus came again. But there was also that first appearance to Mary Magdalene in the garden early on Easter morning when she mistook Jesus for the gardener. You see, on each of those occasions, it comes as a surprise to discover that Jesus is once more in their midst. And the same is true for the seven out in the boat. All these years later, we still marvel at the details in the memory of that encounter. There's that long night on the water with no success. There's the weight of grief and uncertainty about what comes next for those seven, those who once left their boats and their ordinary lives to follow Jesus. They are now without a script for the days ahead. No doubt sometime in your life as in mine, We've all been in a so-called boat like that. Notice what happens. A voice calls out from the nearby shore. The nets are moved to the starboard. There's a tremendous catch of fish, grace upon grace, as theologian Caroline Lewis describes the hall. The seven on board begin to elbow each other with the recognition that it is Jesus, the risen Lord, who is calling to them from the beach. Now, a very strange detail, because Peter wasn't, uh, by Jewish custom, bare naked. He was probably in his underwear. So it's more likely that he gathers a fishing smock over his head tucks it into his belt, and then dives into the wet waters to swim to shore. The nets are brimming over with an abundance of fish. The charcoal fire is hot and ready, and the invitation comes from Jesus himself, the grill master, to come have breakfast. Friends, it is one surprise piled on top of another. Now, I don't know if you've ever woken up to a day as marvelous and memorable as that daybreak at the Sea of Galilee. But I trust there has been a time or two in your life when you really did feel you were at a dead end and impaired when you really did not see how to go forward from there, and then a fresh way opened up. You see, the power of God to raise us from death and despair, from discouragement and not knowing what to do next, is as real now as it was on the first Easter morning. Friends, we're given all these stories of the disciples and their big surprise, their amazement at God's presence and abundance to encourage us, that God calls us to new and surprising adventures in our own day. God finds a way. Good finds a way. I'm pretty excited to be here with you this Sunday, the advent of coffee hour in person. (laughs) The band, the bell choir, all of us here, and also Harvest Sunday in the Planting Hope campaign. I'm grateful that you've been led through the weeks that come before the harvest and you're ready to make your own commitment to something we're doing all across the St. Paul Area Synod. And I'm particularly grateful at All Saints for everyone who's been working on this project to set it before you. I see Ted, who else is here from the Planting Hope Committee? Let's see a hand, let's have them stand. Let me tell you, there have been lots of surprises since the Synod first launched this $2.75 million campaign at the start of 2020. Remember that date? In February of that year, we filmed the promotional video at our conference assemblies. Were any of you there that morning at Gloria Day Lutheran in St. Paul? It was a really wintry day. Well, if you were there... You star in the video, because we panned the whole crowd. I sure didn't know then that less than a month later, we'd all be staying at home, not meeting much in person for the better part of two years because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Friends, that wasn't in the campaigns. (laughs) In June of 2020, Yet other urgent matters came to the fore of our attention after the killing of George Floyd. What many of us had begun to do to address racism and racial inequities in fits and starts suddenly became a central concern for how we live in our communities, how we ensure a fair shake for all our neighbors. And so I sat down and met again with those who had helped plan the Planting Hope campaign. We needed to make sure that what we said we were called to do still made sense. That it met the needs, the real needs, of a new time in which we found ourselves. And it was important to take that second look, but it was also a delightful surprise to hear right around the table that others thought what we were inviting 110,000 Lutherans to do together continued to make good sense. Invite our neighbors into life in Christ, renew the congregations of the Synod, raise up next generations of leaders, and invest, invest heartily in a transformative project on the east side of St. Paul, with Lutheran Social Service of Minnesota. For a few minutes now, I want you to imagine with me five years out from today what the fruit of this campaign will be. By then, I am absolutely certain all the money will have been raised and it will have been sent back out into mission and ministry. I hope you'd notice that the money being raised in this campaign isn't something we're going to hold on to tight in the synod office. It's money we are sharing with others. So the year is 2027. Imagine a second grader who loves double-dutch jump rope and reading, She was an early participant in the Families Together therapeutic preschool. Your contributions helped start with Lutheran social service. She is confident in her speaking, and she no longer wakes to nightmares from some tough things her family experienced when she was little. You would never (coughs) guess that about her which is the whole point of early intervention. Or imagine a young adult, maybe a high school senior or someone early in their college time. Imagine the young adult from a congregation like All Saints, whose future plans, whose career goals were turned upside down. After your contributions provided for a paid summer internship, an internship on which she helped run a community garden and a market, and also met with her peers to talk about vocation and what it means that all of us are called to a purposeful mission like St. Paul. Her life was changed forever. Or imagine a congregation, maybe one of the smaller parishes around you, Maybe All Saints, but I think you're already there. Imagine a congregation having found a new focus for outreach. Outreach into the changing demographics of the neighborhoods in which these congregations are planted because of your gifts to the Planting Hope campaign. Friends, in a world turned in on itself, the deep inclination in all of us to look out for numero uno. Imagine the surprise of those neighbors when they learn that some Christians called Lutheran have this crazy idea that God wants us to give away our time and our money because in Christ we know the joy Doing just that. God finds a way. Good finds a way. <coughs> Friends, our God is full of surprises. Grace upon grace. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.